You're listening to Find the Outside, the podcast. I'm Tuesday Ryan Hart. And I'm Tim Merry. And this week on the podcast, we are talking about being woven, uh, being woven together as outsiders and as a team, uh, being woven together probably with our clients a little bit in this changing context, and then making sure that our work is woven and meeting uh, what's happening in the external world. So just, we had this, we had this, I'm just going to go in, Tim, do you mind? No, go, dive in, please, I'm here. So Tim and I were just chatting this morning before the podcast, doing kind of our weekly check-ins. We have a a weekly check-in between the two of us and Um, you know, part of it is business and part of it is personal. And I mentioned to Tim that I was feeling about the two of us, he and I, uh, that I'm really feeling like we're quite well woven together, that I'm feeling good about where we are in partnership with this business. And that my experience of that is simply of kind of, we've done a bit of reweaving or re-knitting together in the past couple of weeks that make us quite uh, strong and smooth. And so that's kind of where we got this idea. What would you say, Tim? Yeah. Well, I also feel like this is our final podcast of this oh. season. Next time, next time we come onto the podcast is going to be season three. What? It's not even like part deux, whatever it is. It's going to be part trois. Is that a thing? <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> we're going to be a trilogy. We got yes, finally. I actually just ordered a trilogy of books for my birthday. And like each of the kids gave me one of them, you know, because oh, that's nice. Because I'm at the point where like I order birthday presents from my children for me. It's awesome. Absolutely. Well, that way you get what you want. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. Anyway, so yeah, so I, I, so I like this idea of woven as well. It was kind of like just kind of like bringing together kind of all many of the topics we've been discussing over the last, you know, over the last two seasons, really, and mm-hmm. and the and, and and that feels right, you know, the way you articulate it, from like thinking about what's happening in the world to thinking what's happening between us to thinking what's happening within our team and in relationship to the people we work with, like it, it yeah, feels like a feels like a good way to end talking about things being woven and how they're woven and how well they're woven and how we weave each other together, mm. you know, and so. Uh, I think part of what kind of like, uh, and also like how important that is when you're working remotely was the other thing that we talked about this morning, like the quality of attention and alertness we need to have to our relationships so that we can deliver on the work that is at hand is heightened. And, you know, we've always said relationships equal results, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that's even more true right? In terms of being able to deliver results when you're not able to take a walk that morning or have a cup of tea in the afternoon or have a dinner together or whatever else it might be that you do to sustain your relationships, you know? And, um, and I think part of that for me is like, oh, you know, we were on a call together and I suddenly had a clearer understanding of like how hard you were working as I had turned my attention back into my family to handle the fact that our kids weren't going to school, you know? And I was like, choose, like, thank you, mm. you know? And uh, and I see clearly now what's been happening, you know? And, uh, and like, let's talk through that and seek to make sure that however we go forward is working both for us, you know, for both of us. And I'd love to hear kind of like how you experience that specifically. But, um, but it is, it's that, it's that 
intention and aspiration to like pay attention to each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously because we care about each other and we're mates and we're friends, but, uh, but also because it improves our ability to do good work in the world, especially when we're not together, when we're having to organize. Yeah, for sure. Boy, there's just a lot, a lot there. I was thinking about, like you said, of course we know this, of course, this is like one of our stakes in the ground. And, you know, we've said several times in the past several months, like I didn't do this work to just go off on my own and do this work. I did this work to be, to be in partnership with you and to, and, and we're better. Like the work is better when we're together in it, in the room or on the phone. And all of that is true. And yet this idea of distance, we actually can't in the same way, know what's up for each other right? It's just, we just can't even, and I said at the outset of this, we do weekly check-ins. And um, so we kind of have like some practices to do that. But um, I guess I'm wondering if there's some inevitable moving apart in this remote way of working that then says, then what are your practices for coming back to knowing that will happen, right? And then like just building that in coming back together. So yeah, that was a, I mean, it was a, it was a really important moment or moments or conversation, uh, for us. Um, because it, yeah, I mean, I'd kind of, I'm more kind of leading on one particular client and that work has stayed very hot and heavy. Right. And you've been turning, (laughs) yeah, no break. Uh, and you've been turning more to supporting some of the business stuff as well as your family. And so we just had a period of time where I was doing a lot of stuff on this client project that you weren't aware of. And I would suggest probably you were doing a lot of stuff for the business stuff that I wasn't aware of as well. But, um, yeah, it just like, you were like, Hey, I see you. I see what you're doing. And it was really important. It was really important as a person who was like feeling really stressed, really overwhelmed, on the edge of burnout. It was so strange to say that in the middle of COVID and everyone talking about, I don't hear people talking about slowing down as much now because people are getting back to work and back to, but it was just a pretty isolating experience to feel like here I am feeling overworked and stressed out. And, um, and so like you're seeing that was just really important. And so it did, it was just, uh, you know, my, ex- my experience was like kind of being woven back into the fabric of our friendship or woven back into the fabric of our company just by being seen, just by being acknowledged um, and, and, and hearing, what do you need? Almost, I didn't say, what do you need to be woven back in, but you did say, what do you need? Right. Which was at uh, the function of that was to kind of weave me back in and not like just doing this thing to get it done which felt like it was on behalf of the company. It wasn't like disconnected, but it just, um, it felt like I was out there on my own. I think I said to you, I feel quite lonely in this work right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think some of that's relational, right? You know, and then some of that is practical, right? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, we were talking today about, I just sent a microphone off to one of our subcontractors in Europe, you know, because the mic just isn't working properly. <laughs> and so it's like, all right, surprise delivery. Here's a really good microphone. Like, we just mm-hmm. want to hear you, you know? Right. And a similar <laughs> thing with one of our other subcontractors, you know? And so it's like there's a there's a piece here of, like, paying, a you know, when we're working remotely and, and, in, a, and in technical web-based spaces, we also need to pay attention to the 
conditions we put in place for people connect to connect mm-hmm. and contribute, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think there is this kind of like personal reaching out and paying attention to relationship, but a lot of what we're doing is tech upgrade. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like actually upgrading the platforms that we use. Do you know what I mean? Improving the quality of the connectivity between us all, like investing money, time and effort into the research. So people are actually equipped to be in right. relationship and they're equipped to be able to do the work at hand and work with each other independently to do it and have those bilateral conversations that actually make the difference that you lose, you know, like what is the, how do you create the, the ease between people of reaching out to each other? Right. So, so whether it's the, whether it's working with the WhatsApp group or on Monday for us or these other platforms we're using just to try and keep everybody connected in, into the scale and scope of the work that we're doing. I think that's also been really important. Mm-hmm. Well, I really like that because it's just, it's like the physical equipment of connection yeah. in some ways. Yeah. It's like, and, uh, and yeah, you can, I think we were able to kind of get by on good equipment, not, you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong, but like get by until that was the way of being together. Right. And so if it becomes the way, um, and then the other thing that you just really kind of made me think of, as you were talking about the physical equipment was, uh, and this sounds so silly, but I feel like I want to tell everyone in the world, if you are used to working on a laptop, either get a desktop or get a monitor, like they're just thinking about how much better yes. it is to have, uh, like if I'm sitting eight hours in front of a screen all day, and maybe that's fine if I travel twice a month or whatever, but the difference in my physical body and like the pain I'm ex- I experience or the comfort I experience by being able to be upright. I mean, just like, like, I mean, just, I'm, you can't see me right now, but I'm like, my, my chest is open, which is quite different from kind of being hunched over a laptop. I just, I, it's like, even we're even signaling through our physical equipment, we're signaling to our physical bodies, some ability to connect more, or it's a, I think it's a signal, but I think it's actually like making it possible for our physical bodies to connect more. And that just feels more and more important. You know, I'm in my mid forties. So of course I noticed at first is discomfort. <laughs> you know? Oh my body hurts. <laughs> but, uh, but I also think, you know, you don't have to be getting a little creaky to like, actually like, how do you make your body ready to connect if we have to do all of this virtually? Yeah. And like, can you have a setup that actually allows you to relax and be online and not like, you know, so I love like, I've just like, I've been out with my mate Dave and he's been like sharing different cables with me and I've been trying to get the setup. So my mic's here and I've got a monitor and I've got a a, a camera pointing in the right. It's like, find your techie mate, you know, (laughs) and have them help you. There's people who know how to do this, you know, Mm. and can help you set up environments to work in that are actually conducive to being relaxed into online spaces. And I think that's a big deal. It's a big deal, you know? I mean, especially when you're running, we ran a meeting last week for over a hundred people. And it's a big deal if you're able to be relaxed and move easily between the different apps that you're working with and organize effectively. So I just think that's a huge deal in how we're working, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, And then the other thing I'm realizing, and you are, you're really good at this because I just think you're built this way, perhaps more than me, um, is like there's actually a bunch of like bilateral, like one, you know, one-on-one conversations that still need to happen, you know? Mm. And so like reaching out one-to-one and like getting on calls with people and touching base with people in our team one-to-one, because we just can't do that otherwise. 
you know we're mm-hmm. not getting to sit on a plane with them or travel with them somewhere right. or spend time in the car while we go visit a client or none of those kind of conversations that don't just get the work done but build a relationship I feel like you're really good at that like I'm got, I've got a one-to-one conversation today and I'm really nice and I'm really looking forward to it and so I think that's also something that requires like effort and planning and mm-hmm. like understanding that like that is part of the work that like if mm-hmm. I'm not actually reaching out and doing those one-to-ones and cementing those relationships and caring for people actually the work's not going to get delivered as effectively right and I I'm not making it, I don't want to sound like the hard-nosed, we're only doing this to get results, but it's a piece of why you need to do it. Like we are, we're running a business, aren't we? You know, and we're running a business with people we genuinely care about, but like, my goodness, we got to get shit done. You know, that just actually made me wonder, um, and this isn't the case because we've, of course, we've been able to build the outside and invite people in. and, And those are all people we really want and like. Like I just was thinking about how this might feel quite different if I didn't want to call Brona, for example, or you know what I yeah. mean. Like if if texting yeah. or WhatsApping Brona was not if it didn't delight me, would I? You know what I mean? Like would I do? Would I do it? I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just wondering about this. I mean, I feel like it's uh, like good information, and maybe instead, what it is. Um, if you're not in a situation like the outside where we like we invite people in because we like them and we respect their work. And so we want to text them or do a WhatsApp call or whatever. Um, you know, I wonder if it's like little pieces, right? Like, so I like three, these five people out of 50, I really like them, but I'm going to say really connected to them or, you know what I mean? Like maybe it's just like, you can still go with what feels good and right. And, you know, and even if I weren't doing that, we still have the outside meetings, right? Every yeah. other week where we're talking yeah. about this, where we get to like see each other and, and look at each other's faces and like, how are you doing? And wow, it's wild out there. How's that impacting yeah. you? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Different it is. Things. It's wild out there, mate. I mean, and that's a good reason to stay woven too. Mm-hmm. It's like, it can feel, it feels stressful. I mean, we, I was just saying to you like that, you know, and, and uh, Meg always used to say that, you know, when the, I've already said shit once on this podcast, so I can say it again now. We get the E. When the, right. well, when the shit hits the fan, like people turn to each other. That's what they do. They turn to each other. And that's why this species has evolved, has managed to, do you know what I mean? Be mm-hmm. successful. It's that we, when things get difficult, when things get hard, we turn to each other and we, and we cement and we build and we sustain relationships and we able, and we respond as a community to the circumstances we're faced with. And, and so I think that is, um so if there's one piece of advice in our final podcast episode as you as all of us head through the summer and into the mm. fall and autumn i think it is it stay woven stay woven mm. with the people you're caring about stay woven with the people you're working with to deliver the things that matter to you in the world like pay attention mm-hmm. not just to the inevitable uh uh pivot and thrust of energy we all need to create to get through re-entering our workspaces in new ways but also pay attention to how woven we are and how connected we are as as teams and caring members of communities mm-hmm. i love that and i i think that feels just right to me and also the idea of um this is this particular moment 
is calling for different is calling for reweaving or different kinds of weaving like that I haven't we have actually either haven't had to access before most of us haven't done this kind of online you know life before um so we're figuring this is like let's like be creative around but there is also i think and so like there's this piece around covid and how we have to be distant and like how then do you weave you know in in this particular context and then there's actually the larger movement of like i think there's some breaking down of systems and seeing the brokenness of systems that I think also requires a reweaving, right? Will, I don't think we don't want to reweave too soon, right? We don't want to just kind of like cover over, but it just feels like, like, as you think about staying woven, there's this element of like find new ways to weave and then also look for opportunities to reweave. That just seems true for me, given the current context we're in. I, you know, uh, Folks are saying after both after COVID, but also after this uprising, that that you know we'll need new structures, we'll need new um, ways of being, we'll need new um, ways of coming together and staying together. Like I think we're just beginning to see like people imagining what that new weave will look like. Yeah. It's kind of stay tuned, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean the. I feel like the reality is if, if we're not woven into what's unfolding in the world, there's a very high risk we're going to become obsolete, right? There's a very high yeah. risk that whatever we're working on or whatever we're designing or whatever we're thinking or whatever beliefs we're holding about reality and each other will become distant dust mm -hmm. because so much is evolving and so quickly mm -hmm. and, and, and so globally. I mean, that the uprising, you, you know what? I mean, you know, I'm an avid follower of football, of soccer in the UK. <laughs> Are you? And, and I just, yeah, you know, I just apparently you might have heard of that. And, and, um, and uh, I, just, I just love it because the first two games were last night. Every single team in the Premier League that's playing, right, for the first, I think it's the first three weeks of this restart, they don't have their names on the back of their shirts. They have Black Lives Matter on the back of their shirts, right? And this oh. is like... And this is like this is like the most watched league in the world, mm. you know. Wow. And then, yeah, and then you saw them by instruction of the league. They took a one minute silence for COVID, right? At, for the deaths of COVID at the beginning, and all the players stood in circle around the center. Then all the players took their positions on the pitch, and then every single one of them knelt, took a knee before the game then started. And that wasn't orchestrated. That was just like it happened. It may have been orchestrated among the players beforehand, sure. but it wasn't like institutionally organized, you know? And so, so I feel, you know, let alone the gatherings that have happened in, in Paris and in New Zealand and all across cities in England. I mean, I followed that closer. And so, you know, we truly are part of something global that we have to be woven into and that we're weaving into any event that we're doing. And like, it's almost like it's part of the setup of how we talk about mm -hmm. our meetings now, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, because what would it mean not to reference that as part of the opening of a conversation? Right. You right. Know? And like different scales of depth and reference according to the context you're in. But um, it does feel like it's a, you know, as I said in the, I think I said in the beginning, it does feel a time to stay alert, not just mm -hmm. to each other in relationship, but to the, but to the world as it's unfolding right now, you know, and, uh, and to the type of leadership that is needed just day to day.
Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I'm like, it's not, I just thinking about, um, just feeling as you were talking like this, this moment and this time and what's possible if we can, if we can stay woven, right? Like what's Mm. really possible if we can stay with what is and stay together. Um, yeah. I mean, like, can you imagine? Like, I just wonder, I've just had a moment of like, I wonder what my grandkids will ask about, right? You were, you were there. What was it? How did you do it? What were you afraid of? What were you excited? You just like, I just think, you know, one of the things um, I've been fortunate, well, one of the things I'm fortunate about, because there was never any talk in my father's family at all about um, activism. My, my, my uncle Chucky was a very, very active, right? The, the incredibly, he was right. one of the first chairs of SNCC, and but that was never talked about in the family. So I feel SNCC. Fort- can you just for oh, listeners? Sorry. Um, SNCC is the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Council, which was um, a group in the American South and Civil Rights Movement that w- had a real leadership ro- role. So he's one of the first chair people of that organization. And um, although it was never talked about in the family, like, look, I can go to historical documents and like or historical um, newsreels and find like mention of him and talk of him and like what he did and read his story. Um, And actually, Tim, recently, I don't know if I shared this with you, I was going through Facebook looking at pictures and I found a picture of another uncle, his brother that I had no idea was active in any way. And it was a picture of him being drug out of a drugstore that he integrated a lunch counter. And I just like this, no idea, right? Just had no idea found the picture. And so even though it's not a thing that's talked about in my family, it just makes me think about like, oh, and they're both past now. So it's, I can't, I can't go ask them about it. Um, but I thought, oh, I'm like, I wonder what our grandkids will ask us about. Like, I, I mean, I hope my kids now I'm talking to them about it a lot, but I, I wonder what my grandkids will ask me about this time and what we did and how we were. And will I be proud of how we responded and how I responded? And yeah, that feels, I just had a moment of like, great, like, just like somehow feeling myself in a line, right? And looking forward in it. Yeah, I think I love that you said that because I think that's been part of my experience too. Of like, it's 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 not. It's been a time that I've been looking back into my family history mm. as much as looking forward to what the future might be. You know, and uh, I think I I can't remember where I said this on a podcast or a vlog or like we're doing a lot of stuff at the moment. But I watched that documentary, right? Um, and, uh, and she'd gone back, uh, it was, it was the woman who played one of the, Oh uh, yeah, Lupita. Yeah. Lupita. Yep. Lupita, mm-hmm. Lupita. Right. And she had played one of the kind of like guards for the Black Panther, these kind of like female elite warriors. And then she'd gone back into Benin and found out about these elite, these elite warriors. And like, there was some beautiful stuff about it and there was some real shadow side of it, but they had existed this group of 4,000 elite warriors and, and, um, and you know the the so I recommend it. It's a great documentary to watch. But the out you know where she, where she ended up in her reflection um, was that uh, you know we actually have to engage with the complexity of our past to be able to fully work with the complexity of the present and the future. You know, and uh, and the more we simplify our past. Um, 
the greater risk we have of not being able to respond to where we are now and where we might want to go, you know. And uh, and at the same time, I'm like going through, you know, our some stuff on my computer because I'm trying to find some deeds. And then there's like there's a whole bunch of genealogy stuff, and I'm looking at like mm. how far my family goes back and Colonel this and Captain that and stationed in South Africa, and then my other grandfather stationed in Ceylon, and then this family member over there, and you know, and then there's this. I mean, it goes back to something like 860 they can trace. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah, I just had, I was looking at it yesterday again too, the kind of Scottish line of the family there. And, and so it is that there's something about like looking back and understanding the complexity of our heritage and our lineage that, you know, contributes to our ability to mm-hmm. be here now. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's like, we all got to do that, right? We all have yeah. to have, know where we're, know where we're coming from and the point where we're going. Hmm. Time for a song and a poem? Sure. Okay, well. Do I get to choose a song? Didn't I do a poem? I did the Lem Sisse last time. So you're the you you're the you're the uh you're the song maker. I'm gonna I I mean I I'm I'm gonna choose a song from one of the songs that we did recently with an event with uh some partner bazaars in New York. And it was such a fun session because I got to curate the music as people were like breaking out and doing stuff on group map and then coming back. <laughs> it was like so fun for me. Like, you know, I just, it made me so happy. It did. Um, and people loved it. I know. Well, I think that's what made me so happy was that people seem to really appreciate the music. You know, yeah. I would like to suggest a song called Abobreze by uh, Ebo Taylor. It's a beautiful song and he's a beautiful musician going back to the late 1930s. I hope you enjoy it. Actually, I think he's, he's, he's based out of Ghana, but he's one of those musicians that other musicians reference. You know how like, Ooh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. there's musicians that musicians love, mm-hmm. you know, but a lot of people just haven't heard of, you know, Absolutely. so he's one of those that like, yeah, brilliant. Nice. Ooh, that's awesome. A poem? A poem. So we were talking about weaving and I'm pretty sure you said the 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 phrase turning to one another. So I just got mm. out an old gem by Meg Wheatley. Mm. Oh. Yeah, right? Yeah. So this is actually called turning to one another. There is no power greater than a community discovering what it cares about. Ask what's possible, not what's wrong. Keep asking. Notice what you care about. Assume that many others share your dreams. Be brave enough to start a conversation that matters. Talk to people you know. Talk to people you don't know. Talk to people you never talk to. 
Be intrigued by the differences you hear. Expect to be surprised. Treasure curiosity more than certainty. Invite in everybody who cares to work on what's possible. Acknowledge that everyone is an expert about something. Know that creative solutions come from new connections. Remember, you don't fear people whose story you know. Real listening always brings people closer together. Trust that meaningful conversations can change the world. Rely on human goodness. Stay together. Hmm. It's good to hear that again. Yeah. That was kind of formative for me, that. 100. Mid-20s, late-20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you could feel all sorts of the roots of our work in there. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. My friends, those of you who deign to spend some of your precious time with us on the podcast. We are grateful. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. We will continue through the summer with a vlog series. You'll find us on Facebook for that and on Instagram. Uh, We'll be kind of bringing in various members of the outside team uh, coming in and out of the vlog. You'll get to meet some incredible people and incredible characters with incredible insight and perspective on what's happening in the world right now. So please, please, please join us for that. We'd love to see you there. And uh, the podcast will be starting up again uh, come the autumn this year. That's right. All that being said, we hope to see you this summer, but that's it for this episode of Find the Outside the Podcast. That's it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. Well... We're taking a summer hiatus. Generally, we're available every second Tuesday. But if you want to hear old episodes, re-listen, you can certainly get in touch with us about something uh, you heard on the show. If you want to stay in touch this summer, we're at podcast at findtheoutside.com. Yeah, let us know if there's things you want to hear in season three or things we've already talked about that you want us to go deeper into. We would love that. That would be super helpful. Uh, You can find links to any of the resources, poems, books, songs we've mentioned during the show in the show notes for this episode over at findtheoutside.com backslash podcast or in the description for the podcast in the podcast app you're listening to us on. You can find the song we played today and every song we've played in previous shows on the playlist we created on Spotify. Just search Find the Outside on Spotify Playlists, or you can find a link over at findtheoutside.com slash podcast. This episode was edited and produced by... Edited and produced. (laughs) I think I really... I think I'm going to stick with that. I like it so much. I like it. By Mark Coffin at Soundgood Studio. Theme music for the Find the Outside... (laughs) Sorry. I like it. I like that we're stumbling at the end. It It was really good. Yeah, absolutely. We do this every time, friends. It's not a recording. Or it's, well, it is a recording. Ugh. Let's try again. Theme music for the Find the Outside podcast is by Barry. What the heck? I almost called him Barry Glickmore. What is nice. ha- he's what been is- Look, he's been called a lot worse than that by me, personally. <laughs> Thank you, Gary Blakemore. Yay. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Take care, friends. Have a wonderful Thanks. summer. Bye-bye.